<laughs> oh my gosh. What's up? Ryan. You're over here making me cry. Fire Guy Ryan, Ryan at the, the table. Fire. Bags and Boards podcast number 49. Ryan, shall we talk about some expensive paper? Let's do it. Dude, first off, I missed you, man. It's been long. But we're back. Dude, it's been a crazy ride over the last month, but we're getting back on schedule. Podcast number 49. We should do a big special one for 50. Okay, Comic Flam. Familia. Comic Flan. Hit that like. Slap the subscribe button. We got John from John's Comics with Kids in the chat. We appreciate you, brother. We are going to be talking about comic books, funny books, expensive paper, you know, all these other fun names about comic books that I come up with. We're going to talk about them today with Ryan. All the names? Yeah. Just a growing list. Not the actual comics, but like the names you have for comics. I got a thesaurus. All right, comic fam, hit the subscribe, slap the like. You know we do giveaways, but only for the community that's here live with us. So keep the chat popping because we'll randomly do a giveaway and we'll announce it. And you can look in the description to find out how to claim it. We got a packed show. We'll be talking about some fun things. We do. We All right. Will. But let's uh, first talk about the sponsor Start of the, the show. Like oh, my gosh. There we go. Um, so there's that, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's turn the volume. Could have been worse. Volume down. Comic fan, we're talking about whatnot. The best new place to buy and sell collectibles. All different kinds. Let's pop them up here on the on the screen here for the comic fam. Okay, so whatnot available for both Androids and iPhones. We do weekly sales over there on Wednesdays. We call it Whatnot Wednesdays. And one of the really cool parts about Whatnot is that they vet their sellers. A lot of people have to wait quite a long time to even get accepted as a seller or a dealer on there because they're making sure that the individuals that they have set up on there to do sales are ones that are going to grade, price, and perform a live sale in the best possible way. It's a pretty high bar. But because of vetted sellers, it makes this platform exceptionally unique. Um, we have opportunities to sell comics as a team, but as a community themselves, there's members who are joining who don't have a large following that are building a following on the platform. So this is great if you are not really interested in building something on Instagram or Facebook and you want to just have all of your comic sales happen and try to just grow your own community because everyone's all set up to participate during your sales. Take a look at Whatnot, link in the description, support the show, join us on Whatnot Wednesdays, and without further ado, let's get rolling with the comic book theme content. Ryan, let's chat about probably my favorite key collector thing service that is provided on that, that particular app. It's definitely my favorite. I'm not a big spec person or a key. I don't. I don't know key appearances or first appearances of anything or anybody. I don't. That's well, why key collector has become such a. That's the main feature. Daily use for us is because there's so much information that gets packed on there. Correct. How do you keep up with it? Key collector is a good way to keep up with it if you are so inclined. I personally am not. I just want to read the damn comics. Sure. But key collector does do a service where they will just alert you with hot news that That's happens right. in the community. Oh my gosh! Are you talking about? Hot news. News nuggets. No. 
I remember that. Didn't we have a, we had a little bit of a theme we, song going we on. We tried to. We kept trying to make that happen. It was like, news nuggets. Nuggets have news. There it is, right. comic fam. Amazing. We should get that on the soundboard. This is why yeah. the community's here. Slap the like button while you're joining the feed, comic fam. We're talking news nuggets. We're going to talk about key alerts over the last couple of weeks that interest us. These aren't the only alerts that have gone out if you utilize the best app for comic information, Key Collector Comics. So when you when you subscribe to Key Collector, when you pay the $2 a month? It's 2 bucks a month right, right now. I, I know, I, a steal. I get a notification from PayPal. It's like, hey, you paid Key Collector $2. And I'm just like, oh, okay. That's $2. There we go. <laughs> but, but the main benefit for me is getting notifications on my phone throughout the week that are just like, this news happened. Right. This movie thing is heating up. So and such book got optioned. And it's like, oh, cool. And then I swipe it away and get rid of it and move on with my day. Or if it's something I'm super into, I dig in. I research. I go find the articles. That's how it is, man. Back in the day, I used to have to be up on Variety and Deadline and, you know. Hollywood the, Reporter. You know, pulling up various websites to find out what's going on and then utilize eBay to figure it out. This is a one-stop shop for all of that. You're going to get the news because Key Collector is incented to get you this news immediately. Because and it that makes prepping for this show super easy. It sure does. All right, let's actually take you through some of the key alerts that interest us over the last couple of weeks. Hopefully, it provides you with something to, to something to think about. If something interests you, we're not going to get into the comic books, uh, comic book aspects of what the key alerts represent because each of these alerts has recommendations of books you should consider, especially if you're looking for like first appearances or you're tracking the industry. Utilize Key Collector Comics. Use this information to then start that process for yourself. But this one dropped 11-18-2021. Key alert was sent out. Vulture, in particular, the Spider-Man villain, Michael Keaton revealed on Jimmy Kimmel that he's currently shooting scenes for his role as the Vulture. First off, the movie's almost out. No Way Home? I always forget what it's called. Is it No Way Home? No Way Home. Far From Home already happened. Yeah, I mix it up all the time. Oh, it's a a mess. I'm not a big fan of the titling of these movies. The first one was fine. Homecoming, that made sense. Sure. It It was easy. It stood out enough. It's just home, home, home. That movie's coming out in like three weeks. Very something. soon. So anything he's shooting now is not for that movie. That's There's right. No possible way they can cram it in there and edit it and distribute. Yeah, it's all done. That movie's that movie's in the can. So this is upcoming something as Vulture. What does that even mean, man? Like this is going to be just an additional appearance. So we're going to see more of this universe expand. I find that intriguing, considering that Tom Holland has been talking. A bunch about the upcoming movie. We expect that. But he's also mentioning, like, he doesn't want to continue as Spider-Man forever. Like, he's he's kind of planting the seeds there. Like, yo, you guys are seeing me as Spider-Man for some of the last times is what it feels like. But then I also heard him say, like, when I was doing this new Uncharted movie, it was, like, the most stressful, horrible thing I've ever had to do because there was no, like, mask for me to hide under and have a stunt guy do it. Like, I had to do all the hard work for that movie. So, like... When you think about it, Spider-Man might be kind of easier and like the physical side of it, mm. apart from doing backflips and stuff. I think he does a lot of the scenes himself, like the, uh, um, you know, like the dangerous stuff, the stunt double kind of thing. You know, he's typically underneath the mask because he's so talented. I don't know. Comic fam, let me know what you think in the comment section below what this vulture news means. I think that this world is expanding. I'm curious what your thoughts are about Tom Holland and continuing his role as Spider-Man. Are we going to see a swapping out of Spideys? You know, maybe we're going to get a new Spider-Man that's going to be part of this particular feature that Michael Keaton's preparing for and shooting for this month. Intriguing. This makes me actually want to track down a Jimmy Kimmel clip, which 
doesn't happen. <laughs> Ryan loves Jimmy Kimmel. I love late night comedy. Yeah, that's right. That's what it's about. That's what the so comic time comes here for. Safe but funny. Okay, this is another weird one. Um, this wasn't. I don't think this is an alert. It's like a soft alert because it has the bell here. But I thought it worth mentioning. A soft alert. Yeah, you know, some of these alerts actually get, like, a notification on your phone. Okay. But not every notification, rather, not every alert is worth a notification. Sure. So there's, like, different levels to it. You know, something that's really important that's going to spike some books. Yeah, exactly. Breaking news, you guys got to stop what you're doing. These are like, yo, this is happening, you know. You got to, so I got to check the app often, not just when they notify you. Because you're missing stuff in between. But this one right here is called, um, it's an update, Marry Me Trailer. Dropped. Okay, Marry Me was a comic book about a pop star who decides to marry a fan from the crowd holding a sign that says Marry Me. I mean, you've experienced this at a concert. You've seen this on television before. People bring signs trying to communicate to the artist. Well, this is going to be a romantic comedy adaptation of a comic book that a lot of people don't even know was a comic that's going to star Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson as the fan. For some Owen reason, I, I like Owen Wilson too, but I don't think he's got a chance with... Jennifer Lopez. Uh, I don't think she has a chance with Owen Wilson. Oh, is that, is that it? Yeah, he's the real draw here. He's the draw. Like, she's like, did you see him in Loki? That's the only reason I would consider <laughs> watching this movie. I love Owen Wilson. Dude, Owen Wilson's been killing it lately. He was in that horror movie. I think it's called The Impossible, if I'm not mistaken. I, that may be the wrong movie. But he was in this, like, disaster movie where there was, uh, like, it's like a political terrorist attack that happens when him and his family move to another country. Huh. And it's all about them ex- escaping during this political uprising and it's, you know, it's, it's akin to like a, you know, the day after tomorrow type of thing where they're just like, it's constantly them running, fighting, okay. trying to get free and safe. Except right from ICE. They're running from. Exactly. Like, like people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Individuals are taken over and, gotcha. you know, he's like there to work and then, you know, his family's like start a new life. And then all of a sudden what's going on in the streets, all oh, the people are starting to be executed and stuff. It's Let's crazy. Yeah. So, okay. He sounds like a good time. Well, you know, it was a nice movie to watch prior to his role in Loki because Loki was so damn good. It made me rethink, all right, I got to watch all this other stuff he's in now because I kind of, I don't know, I'm not a huge fan of Owen Wilson. Now I am, you know, but I'm also not a big fan of like some of the other actors he surrounds himself with. Like, uh, should have been wearing my Zoolander shirt, but see, I like Zoolander and it's funny, like, you know, Ben Stiller and, um, main dude in Zoolander. Ben Stiller? No, but other, other talking about like Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell, thank you. Right. Like, like, I'm not a big fan of Will Ferrell either. So like, you know, it's kind I of will, in that group leave. of comedians. I will go home right now. Ah, you may have to, but not before we talk about the next key alert comment. What do you think about Marry Me? This is- uh, This sounds kind of funny. Like I'd it, watch it on TV. I'm not going to the theater to watch that movie, but I'd, I'd stream it if it was on, you know, one of the millions of services I'm subscribed to. Big thank you to Unearthly Comics says, No Escape is the movie. And guess what, yo? You just want a giveaway. What are they getting? Oh, an Ice Cream Man Davigo cover. It's our exclusive that we did. We're going to send that to you. Hit the uh, description to find out how to claim that. All right, let's uh, keep it rolling here. You know, and I think there's a lot of these types of movies that, like The Kitchen was another one, where it was more of a mafia, mature movie, but it was a comic book adaptation that was really sold to the mainstream. And then low-key caused a buzz in the comic scene, but not much. Those get missed, though. And sometimes when they land... It's like, um, like, like Sweet Tooth on Netflix. Whoa. Those are some of my favorite comics, too, like non-superhero books. We'll get into that a little later, but... Yeah, stay tuned, comic fam. Hit the yeah. subscribe. Slap the like button. I want to see some participation in the chat. Um, we got over 70 people here, right here, right now. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday. Let's take a look here. We have Earthworm Jim. We talked about this last week. 
um, actually just recently on the on the trending video, um, Variety reports an Earthworm Jim animated series is in development from Interplay Entertainment Corp. I remember getting my tonsils removed as a young child. I, w- I had to have been like five years old, right? You ever get your tonsils removed, Ryan? No, they're still in there. You still have your tonsils. Somewhere. Hopefully you never have to remove Ticking them. Ticking time bombs. Dude, I remember it was rough, dude. Your throat is just trashed. You're eating nothing but like ice cream and jello for... Like days. Yeah, that's, that's how it is anyway, right? That's well, what the I live thing off was, now. Is, uh, that's what you, is, that what you eat? is that your like primary <laughs> my, food group? That's my current diet. Ice Ryan's cream, like, I like ice cream. solid. Yeah, you, some just, reason, Ryan is against solid foods. Just liquids. It's kind of weird, but or I don't judge individuals, you know? Like what you want to eat, it's your body. I'm all about you choosing what you want. But dude, pudding for breakfast every day can't be good for you. I got teeth. You know, they still work. Your teeth are actually better than most because you don't use them very often. Right, they're preserved. That's right, comic fam. So we're talking about Earthworm Jim. So back when I got my tonsils removed, my dad decided to stay from work to take care of me for a few days. And because my teeth were so messed up, not my teeth, excuse me, like my mouth was messed up because of my throat removing, my teeth were fine, but my tonsils were removed, so it was, it was a rough time. I couldn't sleep. I remember waking up and going into the living room where my dad would be playing Earthworm Jim. On, That's such a Louise game to play. He's dude. He was super into it, Ugh. and I would just watch my dad play <laughs> Earthworm Jim. So I grew up with this particular game. It means something to me because I loved that game as a kid, and I think a lot of people my age, our age, remember this if you're a gamer. So Earthworm Jim, we actually got a trailer after this announcement happened, and it looks really funny. It, it's an animation. It's lively. It's it, it's it's fast, and it's also kind of like in the future. He's aged a little bit, so he's more mature, but he's still as dorky as he was from the game. And I'm surprised they never did anything with this before. I remember putting this in the same category as Toe Jam and Earl, like video games that sounded kind of gross that I just never touched. Well, this is a fun one because Earthworm Jim is an actual earthworm in a space suit. And technically, he's from outer space, so he's not necessarily an earthworm. He's like a Jupiter worm. Exactly. He's like an alien worm. Right. But he doesn't have arms or anything. Underneath that suit is all mechanics. He's like... He's he's like... uh, They got into all this on the Super Nintendo? They got in this in the trailer. They specifically show his schematics. Oh, goodness. That's right. Getting way too into this. (laughs) I know, dude. It's Earthworm Jim's... Earthworm Earthworm Jim. Comic fam. I got to know what you think about Earthworm Jim. This was a November 18th key alert. Next on this list is Gru the Wanderer. We have after witnessing months of sales activity on the Gru series posted November 19th on on Key Collector. The Hollywood Reporter confirms the film and TV rights have been acquired by Ur Productions for development. Gru the Wanderer is joining a slate of independent, respected comic books such as Crow, such as Usagi Ojimbo, TMNT. The list is growing and growing. And this right here is no surprise to individuals who like independent comic books. This is one of the longer-running independent comics that was uh, debuted in Destroy Your Duck, the comic book done by Steve Gerber and Jack Kirby, a lawsuit that was being fought by Steve Gerber for getting paid what he felt he was owed from the Howard the Duck creation during artists' rights at their peak, Neil Adams getting involved, you know, artists fighting for their for their dues because their comics they were making were selling more in the aftermarket than they even got paid to do the damn work. So um, Steve Gerber teamed up with Jack Kirby, did this Destroyer Duck, which is one of Jack Kirby's most underrated comic books. It's a three-issue series. But also there were a couple backups from other creators, one of them being um, Sergio, who created Gru the Wanderer. So this right here has spiked that book up as of late, but Gru is a beloved character, you know, a, a funny version of Conan. Doesn't say much, but it's definitely got its spot on a lot of collectors' comic book bookshelves. 
And seeing this right here is more of the attention to nostalgia that we knew was starting as early as last year. That's now starting to see its peak with property after property getting picked up. And all the, I know about Groove is that Russ likes it. I would also put Bone in this uh, category. Right, it reminds me of Bone. Christopher Wells has said in the chat. It's a good observation. All right, next here is a key alert for the Ahsoka ta- uh, casting. Ahsoka Tano, Rosario Dawson. We knew when we saw Mandalorian, Mandalorian yep. seeing Ahsoka play a large role in that narrative, that that was possibly going to set up narratives that would connect to more of that like clone saga right around that point in the Star Wars mythos. I'm surprised how much Star Wars knowledge you have for someone who like as outspokenly just not into it. I think it's proof that I'm doing the work on the back end for the show right? because I'm not well-versed in Star Wars. I had to become well-versed because last year with the Mandalorian, everything blew up. Yeah. I had to learn about it. I had to watch so much Star Wars. And honestly, to this day, I'm not even that big of a Star Wars fan. My favorite Star Wars movies are ones that people don't care for. My favorite ones are Revenge of the Sith. I'll say that again and again on Whoa. the mic. And people get mad at me for that one, but I don't care. Wait, wait a minute. Revenge of the Sith. That's the one. That's episode three? Yeah, from right. 2005. That's like the Hayden Christensen. Correct. All right, yeah. That's, that's definitely not the favorite of a lot of people. But this right here is signs that we are getting more of that particular time frame adapted to the screen where that's really where a lot of people want to see. They want to see Darth Vader becoming who he becomes prior to him getting, um, you know, killed and his narrative seeing its peak during the prequel movies four, five, and six. Well, Ahsoka, uh, Ezra Bridger, Sabine Wren, Thrawn, that all happens right around that time prior to those prequels. So we're going to see these narratives take off and Ahsoka is part of the Trinity, the Trinity, the trifecta, Sabine and Ezra, we knew that that could possibly happen had the Ahsoka been so, the Ahsoka feature been so promising and and so successful. Well, clearly it is. We got the Thrawn name drop in Mandalorian. Thus, no surprise that Ahsoka is getting her own spinoff series. And with Sabine Wren getting cast, who knows where they're going to go with it. Makes me realize I need to watch Star Wars Rebels because a lot of this stuff was seeded in that that show. Yeah, that cartoon. Well, she's got to go and find Ezra. You know, Thrawn's going to be an antagonist. There's rumors that Thrawn is going to get his own solo series. He is, from my understanding, because my Star Wars, there's people who know Star Wars know, Star, know the hell out of Star Wars. Correct. But without a doubt, every single person I've talked to about Thrawn and what I've read, he is like one of the ultimate bads. He is so smart as a general He's like Batman. He's thought things out 10 steps ahead of you. That's why he's dangerous. One of the earliest sets of Star Wars books that I read that came out after uh, Return of the Jedi and after the you know initial Star Wars movie fever had kind of died off because the movies were done, they wrote a trilogy of books, and Thrawn was the main villain in those after the Empire mm-hmm. and Darth Vader were all gone. So he, he, he did a really good job as, as an antagonist, enough so that people like 30 years later are still Thrawn crazy. And he's blue, da bo da da all right. He is blue. Correct. All right. This next key alert I'm so hyped about. Blade Runner yes. and Alien. Variety reports Ridley Scott is developing writing slash writing a Blade Runner and Alien TV series. Comic fam, we are available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. If you'd like to listen to the podcast, it comes out upwards of a week later. I have been saying this. We're going to probably continue this part of the conversation in later segments, but... There is an interesting decision that producers and directors have to make, which is... What's going to be better for movies? What's going to be better for a series now? Right. Because now we have 
proven with Disney Plus, HBO Max, some adaptations are better over a slow burn release six episode series. Some are better for movies. I think both Blade Runner and Alien have both been franchises that as like someone who loves both, I'm a big Alien fan. I don't care how bad the movie is. I'm going to pay to see it probably Correct. in theater because I just want to be in that world. I don't care if the, if the movie isn't as good as the last one. I'm gonna, I, like, I like Prometheus. I, I like, dude, I love Prometheus. Exactly. Prometheus is fantastic. No matter what people say. Oh, it's so good, man. It's so good. And I, I spend way too much time researching that world. So this right here gets me hyped because I think both of these, these properties should be series. These are both unique worlds, universes in themselves that have, so much development opportunity. They've proven also specifically through comics. There's been plenty of comic books based on each, you know, Blade Runner and Alien. So, like, there's room there for any amount of story to kind of grow. TV show just makes sense. And with Ridley Scott attached? That's the best case scenario. Best case scenario, comic fam. Take a look at both of these properties on Key Collector. There's a lot of, like, really cool key books that people miss in the dollar bins because they just don't... Take the time to learn about the first symbiote appearance, the first AVP appearance. A lot of this happened in Dark Horse days. They acquired the rights to, to the alien properties, to the predator properties. And this was kind of an interesting thing to have happened back then because these were giant movies and Dark Horse wasn't a giant publisher at the time. So they did their best to pay respects to the narratives. And a lot of fans of these franchises hold these, like they put these narratives on a pedestal these stories these comic books because then marvel acquired them changed it up it's cool i like it but the dark horse days are ones that people should really consider you know going I through it I, I haven't gone back and read the dark horse and alien stuff all right look at this quantum mania november 23rd we got principal photography announced that it was that has wrapped the film up they finished the film quantum mania is coming likely going to see kang in this and Ant-Man some of my favorite Marvel movies. Jonathan Majors is confirmed. He's definitely in Ant-Man 3. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, they've mentioned that, which also was interesting. It's, it's why I thought he would make an appearance in Loki, because I didn't think they could premiere him in Quantumania. Yeah. I'm just, this is, this is just a, a small little nugget. And what, what did you say? The yellow bell means it doesn't show up on your phone. They're not going to like notify you for this. Yeah, this is one of those. Hey, let's just look. This is like, it's, it's an update. Just the an updates are a bell. They, fil progress. they finished filming, which means now they just got to do... <laughs> All the special effects and all the music and the editing and so like there's still a lot of work to do on the movie, but they had they have finished shooting the movie. So it's happening, and I think these types of updates are important because we're getting so many delays in film when it when spec is involved. Right. When you're trying to invest in comics, maybe get ahead of the curve, maybe secure something before you think it's going to go up. So you want to get it for your own PC, so you don't have to overpay in a year. You know, you're you're kind of planning, doing some. Some, some planning with your money. It's these types of updates that are going to tell you what you should be looking at, what you got to monitor, and maybe what you should move if it's the right time, in your opinion. All right, let's keep it rolling because we have Draculina. All right, Vampirella's sister is getting her own series over at Dynamite starting in February 2022. This is cool because, like, Vampirella's dope, but... From what I know, her sister, who debuted in like the 60s, I believe it's like Vampirella issue two, but don't quote me on that. Look on Key Collector. This particular character has been very, she's been utilized very little in comic book history. Then they brought her back in the Betty Page spinoff that they did. They, they started building the universe, crossing Red Sonia over with Vampirella and Betty Page because that's like all dynamite IPs. And they brought Draculina 
to the pages of that book. And what we have is a character that was like kicked out of hell after trying to overtake, you know, the queen status, which her mother is Lilith. And now she's going to get her own series, which is pretty cool. I may actually be, I think I'm going to add this to my poll list because Vampirella, the thing that's kind of put that lower on my list of ongoing reads is I don't really know. I don't know really where to start. That's exactly why I've never tried it. Yeah. It's like, it's overwhelming. It's, I don't know where to begin, but this seems like a pretty clear, relatively fresh, unused character that I can, if you can't do Vampirella, this might be a nice secondary choice. Yeah. I think I'm going to dive a little bit deeper into this one and then maybe go backwards because you're probably going to be introduced to a lot of the family considering it's, it's her sister. True. Look out for that in February. I put this one on here, man, because I was so hyped when I saw this. Fire Guy Ryan. This dude, I'm telling you, man, it's like a superpower that you have. There is, it's it's interesting that you are not someone who specs on comics, really. No. You buy comics for reading purposes primarily, and I love that because I do the same. I buy a lot of comics just to read them. Like, I think the community would be surprised how many comics I buy just to read them versus spec, right? talk about a lot of comics. If I bought every single comic, you know, I'd have, my house would be a comic store, not a home, you know, it'd just be overwhelming. It's already a little bit of both. It's, it's, it's rough, man. It's rough, but it's what we do for the comic fam. So this book you put on the list a while back for us to review Proctor Valley road, because it was just super interesting. It was it Alex child, Garth Ennis on boom studios. Great Morrison. Great. Thank you. Oh, there you go. That'd be interesting if it was Garth Ennis. Grant yes. Morrison, excuse me. Writing a bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah I got Grant Morrison uh, or Garth Ennis on the I get brain. Mixed up too. Uh, a little bit, but they're very different and unique in their both unique in their own right. It would be a, a, probably a lot darker if <laughs> if it was the uh, the former. But more no, kids would have died. Yeah, more kids. But there's a, there's a good amount of death in here. Yes. Um, but this right here, writer of Proctor Valley Road, Alex Child, told Spectales podcast that Grant Morrison co-written property is option, which we assume is with the producer UCP based on his relationship with the company. So this right here is option, and this is a affordable book. A lot of people weren't buying this. We brought this to the mic because we thought it was so good that people should go out and buy it because we thought they could find it still at LCSs. Just a five-issue boom miniseries. Came and went. You know, it was a good read. I recently sold my whole set on a claim sale like a month or two ago for now. Now that this news came out, I should have held on to it for a little longer, but. Oh, it happens, Ryan. Welcome to dealing in comics. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you sell stuff a little too soon. So somebody out there got a a good deal now that this news is out there. I think you sold it as a set too, which is really dope. Connecting variants. They were really cool. Yeah, they were good, man. And now the the book's piping hot. You know, it's still, I think people can find it for under 10 bucks still. This is a, you know, it's option, but it's not like oh my gosh, this is happening right now. This is in the very early stages. So this is degrees. This is the time people are going to spend upwards of like, I would imagine $15 on a near mint copy. Just because it's option doesn't mean you're going to see it in a year or whatever. It It doesn't mean you're going to see it at all. We talked about Sweet Tooth for three freaking years, dude. Yeah. But then when it landed, first step, it landed hard. But Proctor Valley Road, I highly recommend this to the comic fam. Um, all right, and if you want to support the show, get access to all this stuff. Oh, my goodness. I got to keep that volume down. If you want to get access to all these things, make sure to download the best comic app in existence to better your comic knowledge, keep up on the industry, key collector comics. Use code TOM101 to unlock a free two-week subscription. That's going to get you access to the categories that are literally put together to help your investing, your spec, getting ahead of the curve, it's like literal thought is going into the books that go on here so that you can 
do better than what you purchased them at. The ideally, you're making money off the comic purchases that you're making with the tools provided by the $2 a month subscription service. However, the app in its entirety beyond that is free. The catalog, the key, the key comics, the referencing that you can utilize, and things like the randomizer, for example. Just the knowledge base is all there for you to consume. But two bucks a month to get access to key alerts, these updates that we're talking about, so you can stay up on the in on the not just the inventory, but the industry itself. And you can use code TOM101 to unlock the free two weeks and support the show. Now I want to talk about comic. Something else. Karma. There we go. All right. So comic karma. We, we've, we've dabbled in like doing a comic karma show, but for real comic fam, you guys send in so much stuff yeah. that we're just going to start taking it as it goes every two weeks. If something comes in, we'll bring it on the mic during the podcast and do a quick little bit. It's your guys' generosity. We want to give it the time it deserves because you guys are bringing the heat. You know, people, someone, this is only one thing of comic karma that someone sent in. It's there's an a, entire short a, box. There's a little short box right here. It's crazy. Comic karma is basically things that are sent in to us from you all. And then redistributed from here into our mystery of mail call out into the wider world. And when we say distributed, we don't mean taking credit for it. No, it's hitching a ride. That's Correct. right. So what's going to happen is we're going to walk you through what someone sent in. Sometimes it's gifts and we respect that. You know, we're not going to sell our gifts that people send in. You know, I, I distribute that to whoever members are assigned to it. If there's a note, which I don't think there is one in here. Not that I saw. You know, sometimes it's, it's anonymous. You know, people send things in just to send it in because they want to send them out to other individuals. We're already sending packages every month, courtesy of the mystery mail call. So what we do is over the course of the month or two, we put stickers on these comics. We don't take credit for these comic books being sent in. And we just, here, walk them through what you do. Actually, you're the one who sorts them in. Correct. At the very end of the mystery mail call process. After we put in all of the books that we're supplying. Right. That they pay for. The mystery mail call is all done. We take the, it's usually a short box, a long box full of things that have been marked as Comic Karma. Things that we have opened on the Comic Karma live show. Put the little sticker on to say what date we did the live show on. So you can, if you want to, if you get one of these books in your mail call, you can go back in our catalog and find the video. Like right now, for example, when we go through the books that we have received, you can see who it came from, when we opened it, you can see that we touched it, which is, you know, that's really what you're here for, for our fingers. Ryan's hands smell like corn dogs, I learned. They do. That's all I eat. Ryan, you're actually kind of moving from your diet of pudding and ice cream and liquidy substances. Correct. To just strictly corn dogs. Strictly corn dogs. (laughs) Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yep. Yep. There you go. Eat the sticks too. Yeah. That's the protein. It's, It's the protein part. It's extra protein. So yeah, we have Comic Karma. We have things that someone <laughs> sent in. We're gonna go through it here, Comic Fam. Thank you There's for your a generosity. Lot in here. Like, so yeah, just start handing me stuff. Let's go through it. And do you want to show ins- this? this? Yeah, is, this I'll show that. While here, start start pulling out stuff and talking about it. That's a lot. That's so a lot. I got a poster, Comic Fam, for our audio listeners. I don't know what the poster is. Let's take a look at what it is. Posters are a little harder to deal with because yes. we don't put them in the mail call. So like, I don't really know what we do with it. Sometimes we put them up in or, our warehouse. Yeah, we like to put them up in the warehouse. Show it. But let's see what we got here. Ooh. Oh, wow. There's definitely a theme. Okay, so this is huge. Okay, so this is going to be tough to see here. But Comic Fam, I'm holding a giant, like, Mandalorian print, and it's going to be terrible to show. Let's see if I can. Here, yeah. grab that Grab that end. And we're going to show it underneath here it's really springy. quickly. springy. 
All right, it's springy, but like, take a look at this. The actual Mando portion of it. Let's look here. at the Mando here. Oh, that's pretty cool. We got like this huge Mando print. This is gonna have to go up in the warehouse. It's a lot of landscape. So most of this is desert and like a part of a ship. Pretty cool. And then cool. he's standing there with his big gun. Oh, it says here, um, certificate of authenticity. It's a lithograph. Cool. Okay. Very nice of you to send in a poster. I like that. All right, what do you got over there? Oh, holy smokes. These are kind of cool. I don't know how you feel about blank covers. I don't. I, dude, blank covers are great, man. Look at this. This right here, comic fam, we got a bunch of blank covers. This is a really nice, thoughtful comic karma gesture, okay? Because what members do with blank covers more times than not isn't necessarily collect them. This, these actually are utilized at conventions more, more than they are collected, in my opinion. What people do is they get sketches on these. And hey, Ryan, explain what a blank cover is for our audio listeners who may not know. For anybody who is not watching, yeah, if you're just listening to this, a blank cover is kind of what it sounds like. It's a comic book cover. It's got all the trade dress on top. So the, all these ones say Star Wars, Darth Vader, or just Star Wars. It's considered then, a variant. Correct. And then it's just a blank white cover. Sometimes there's like a green, you know, blank cover. And more to Hulk, or not, the new Hulk series just did a purple blank cover. Yeah. Sometimes they're different colors, but there's blank. There's no art on them. They're meant to be drawn on after the fact. Yeah, they're, they're meant for a sketch. This is another another set of them. Oh, cool. Wow, we got a bunch of blank a covers. So this is someone who's like saying, hey, yo, I have all these blank covers. I want to send this out to the community so that they can do something with it. Get a signature on it. Get a quick sketch at a convention. So that's very nice of you. And I believe, you know, just there's no note in this Comic Karma package, Comic Fam. So I want to make sure to mention to our listeners who are interested in sending something in, if you want recognition, you got to put a note in there. Otherwise, I'm going to assume that you want to be anonymous, which I'm all for that too. It's karma. That's what karma is. That's a different kind of karma too. That's even like, it's a little more badass, you know? Like It is. They're not doing it for their glory. They're just doing it to spread the love. That's right. You know, they're doing it for the fun. But you know what? Yeah. Um, if it, Just in case this person doesn't know uh, about the notes, I believe his name was Juan. So thank you, Juan. He sent in some Conan, savage sort of Conan. You know something really funny about this? Hmm. So I bought last Thanksgiving. So this is actually kind of timely. Like a year ago? So like I have like family members who will be like, oh, I got comic books. Something comes up. Someone gets some comics. Someone finds comics in the attic. You know, this kind of stuff. You, you put it onto the ether that you deal in comics. You like collecting comics or something. It comes back, right? That's all the same book. Oh, hey, this is cool. Look at this. Ahsoka. And uh, Anakin. That's a variant cover for War of the Bounty Hunters number five. Yeah, we got five. a bunch of copies of this. This is pretty cool. We're just kind of fitting. We're just talking about that very character. Very cool. Um, so last Thanksgiving, it's the thing is like, okay, when a family member comes in and says, you know, I got comic books, they're like, they want to get rid of them. And they also like, if they have an idea of like what they want for it, it's not fun to negotiate with family. <laughs> I it's saw eBay. This goes for $1,000. You know, if, if anything, it's like the, the thoughtfulness. Says. What does that mean? You know, it's like the thoughtfulness is there's value into that for me. So it's like, all right, there's value in that for me. So if someone says, yo, I got this, let's, let's just do it. You want, you want this much money for it? Sure. You know, thank you so much. I don't need this run of comics, but I'm not saying that, but like mentally, you know, like, I don't need this, but this person thought of me, it's a bunch of comic books. I'll just buy them. It's cool. Buy them from the uncle, you know? So last year, not this recent Thanksgiving, but a year ago, um, one of the family's uncles came and said, yo, I got these comics that I've been, you know, hoarding since I was a kid. And it was a run of Savage Tales. It was a run of Conan the magazine. Issues one through like 200 and something. And he started bringing to them in like batches at holiday events. Here's 50 through 100. Here's 100 through 150. Here's 150 to 
So I'm just like paying them over time. Like, all right, I'll buy 50 of them. Sure. I'll buy these 50 from you. So I ended up with like an entire run of Conan, right? Damn. I sold them because like, dude, these are oversized. I don't, I don't want to read these. I'm going to mess them up. They're going to just over time. It's a lot of Conan. It's like uh, two long boxes filled with magazines and magazines. They don't last in my house. Things go wrong. They get banged up. I seldomly have a plethora of magazine boards and bags. Right. Yeah, you can invest into that. You got a bag and board. So anyways, I sold them. And what did I do with the money from them? Well, I get hit up by Jem Mint. It's your boy, Jem Mint. And he's like, yo, dude, I'm doing an Omni sale. Do you want anything before I bring him to the mic? And I'm like, what do you got? And he just starts spitting fire. He's like, I got these Omnis. I got these. Thing is with, with, with Jem... He's got like the full run. I if you so want to buy, you can't just be like, I want volume two or just volumes one and three. No, he's, he's got to sell you one through seven. He's got them all. So it's not like, do you want one Omni? Do you, it's, you, have, you want the whole collection. So the first off, I'm thinking, I want something from Gem Mint's wall. Like I want something from his shelf. He's had this on his shelf since he like started the channel. At some point he acquired it. It's probably in videos. I think that's cool. He's my friend. I want to help him out. We can chill in with your homies. You got to take care of him, you know? Otherwise, it's no good for me. Exactly. So what did I do? He goes, oh, I got Conan. He's got the full run of Conan and the Savage Tales Conan. So I'm like, all right. That's like 11 Omnis. Pack them up. So I took the money from me selling the first print and basically reused all that money to buy the Omnis from Gem Mint. So now I have a full run of the Omnis of Conan and Savage Tales. I saw those out there on, on the shelf. It's a, it's a lot. You know, you got a lot of shelf space taken up by those. That's right. Comic fam, I'm looking at um, Spider-Man, the Platinum, Silver, Todd McFarlane, issue number one. We're looking at uh, reprint the Halloween Fest, Dr. Afra first appearance. We got Spawn Universe number one. If I'm not mistaken, that has uh, Robert Kirkman on the interior. We have Star Wars number one. This right here is a Scotty Young variant. Arrow number one. Uh, Harley Quinn 75. Harley Quinn Frank number Cho. one. That's right. Arrow number one. More Arrow. We got um, <laughs> Walt Disney's Adventures with Goofy on it. Big, what is that? Big Thunder Mountain Railroad? The ride right. at Disneyland. Yeah, that's right. Um, Weird Number One, which is another Disney book, 50th anniversary, Lucasfilms, and then more were the Bounty Hunters goodness. So I got more of those too. There's another set of those right here. This is cool, man. I don't it's, know it's why a, they got so many of these. It's a, a lot of number ones. This is going to be great for individuals to just get because, you know, you get like a random number three in the, in, you know, in karma. All right. Maybe they want us to like get the other issue one and two and they like number three so much, but Getting a number one or, a, a, you know, just like a, a, a one shot. There's a lot of one shots. We have free comic book day exclusives here. Or, excuse me. Free comic book day editions of House of Slaughter. You know, issue one of Star Wars here. A Walking Dead Deluxe number one. Some Invader Zim. What's up? A couple of trades that we can't really put into the mail call anymore. I mean, we can probably figure I mean, it out. I mean, they can Slide maybe make them fit. They might be able to fit. Yeah. Did you know that James Tynan did a Batman TMNT trade? That's like a little un, unknown Tynan gem. Yeah, and we got a bunch of Star Wars, too. Very cool. Um, big shout out to the member who sent this in. Trading Unnamed. Can't do those in the mail call. A bunch of Star Wars like cards, it looks like. Very cool. Let me see. All right, we're looking at like a bunch of uh, thick masterwork cards, which is pretty cool. Look at that. So comic fam, sending in some fun stuff. If you want to send something in, have us do the legwork to distribute it across the country soon 
to be international, stay tuned for that. Feel free to hit the link in the description. Feel free to go to the description, see the PO box. We will give you credit on the mic. We will make sure that if you want it sent out in karma, we're going to put a sticker on it. If you write a silly letter and you want me to read it in a silly voice, uh, I will certainly do that too. Take a look at this, Comic Tom. ComicTom101.com. This is how you join the mystery mail call. Every single month, they give us an excuse to send you comic books. You can join by going to the link in the description. The current price of the box is $34.99 plus $10 shipping. It's getting kind of pricey to ship comic books, comic fam. But we're going to make sure that it's shipped priority in a box with care, with tracking. Oswald's bod. Oswald's body. Regarding the matter of Oswald's body, Ryan's favorite title of any comic book to date Going in one per box, cover art done by Johnny Desjardins. That's how you say it. Desjardins. Desjardins, yeah. Every time I've been doing my little Wednesday live stream of my new comic books on IG, I've been showing that book off as part of, you know, I'm in the warehouse. I'm just like, oh, here's me. We might as well subscribe to the Mystery Mail Call. Follow Fire Guy Ryan on Insta. He's showing you behind the scenes while he's at work. What's up? Please, please do. But every time I pull that book out, I'm always like, this is our variant done by Johnny. I don't know how to say his last name. Right. But I keep, I keep messing it up. There it is. Well, um, Johnny Desjardins, fantastic artist. This is, uh, I would say, one of the most unique artists in the game right now. And his style is so focused on texture and layers. I just imagine that these canvases, which are, by the way, fairly large that he does these covers on, they're just caked thick with paint. You can tell here, this is a knife palette technique. He literally uses like the side of a knife and he just like layers the paint to create this particular image. Each one of these tiny squares is a swipe of a knife with paint on it. Huh. Okay. Cool. So we're going to have to show you guys some of this process. We will be doing that some, um, sometime soon. Um, but also I'm kind of showing you here on the screen. We do have a TMNT homage ninja scouts going in one per box. We do a kid's book every single month. I think it's important to invest in the next generation of comic readers, and we make a plethora of them beyond the mail call so that we can donate these and get these comics in the hands of kids. And what I will say, over this last holiday, I experienced something super special, and I want to give a big thank you to the comic fam because it's not something that I thought I would get to experience head on. I brought a bunch of these kids' comics to the holiday for the family. I wasn't sure if the kids there would like comic books, you know. I'll, I hope that they would enjoy it. But there's a, a span of ages, you know. It's like 7, 8, 11, 12 years old, right? So it's a tough, you know, tough market there. To, right. You know, because some of these books are kind of like really kid-friendly. But some are like, you know, Soul Stream was written by a high schooler, right? And drawn by a high school student, by the way. So I passed out these comics and said, yeah, I have some comic books for you guys in case you want to read them. By all means. And dude... It was like three hours of chaos, dude. When you got a bunch of kids in a house, there's dogs. It's like screaming, you know, and yelling and playful. It's, 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 it's ha happy Thanksgiving, right? Like people are having yeah. fun, get, you know, getting hyped up for food, having drink, you know, it's, it's good times, you know, a lot of sugary drinks, you know, and things like that. Kids are wild. Kids are going wild. I passed these comics out and dude, it was silent for like 25 minutes. They were Legit, I took a picture and sent it to Nate because it was his cover on one of the books. And I do the kids are just like deep into these comics. It was a really special thing. And what I thought of was we wouldn't be able to make these comics without the comic fam's backing. And being able to get these out to children 
it just became a reality of like what we're doing as a community here. And I just, we've been doing it for months, but our portion of like getting these out, not just to the community, but getting them to LCSs to be given away, you know, and donating them. We don't see the kids get them. Yeah. We don't see the back end of it. Exactly. So actually being someone who handed it over and got to experience that head on, I just got to give a big thank you to the comic fam. It's an amazing feeling and I hope to continue and grow this so we can get more comics in the hands of the next generation of comic book collectors and readers. Do you remember when we went and saw Shang-Chi with Jeff? Oh, yeah. And Jeff brought a bunch of our Shang-Chi variants. Comic fam, it was dope because we went, Jeff rented out a theater for all of us to watch Shang-Chi. Correct. When, when, when I was told this, like, hey, do you want to come watch Shang-Chi? We rented out a theater. And I was like, oh, cool. We can have our own podcast crew. Just have us in the theater. And then I get there and it's like. No, yeah, he brought his family, he dude. Brought everybody and like he aunts, knows. Aunts, uncles. Like, like, like we packed the Co-workers pack. in there. Like some people, obviously most, most of these people, I had no idea who they were. So I'm just sitting in the corner here with Tom. And then at the end of the movie, Jeff stands up and he's got this big stack of, of Shang-Chi variants. And these little kids are like, they've been pent up watching this whole movie. And they're, they're like running up and down the aisles and just like letting out all this pent up energy. And Jeff's giving them comics. And they're just kind of like, they're like, oh my God, I got to get a comic. I waving just comics and freaking running around. Out. And I'm just like, oh my God, they're bending books. They're, they're just mashing them up. But hey, those <sighs> books, we don't sell. We tell people this. We don't, you know, obviously print counts are respected. We put the total print count that exists on comictom101.com slash print count. But we have copies for our team and to be given away to the community as well as whoever we want to give them to. We give a lot of them to kids because yep. it's really fun. And you know what? We don't care about the condition. The, the kids don't care. I'm hoping they went home and read them because the impression I got from that day was the kids did not care. <laughs> they were just like, ah! Well, you know what's going to happen is they're going to go home and they're thinking about Shang-Chi. They're hyped right. up. They just saw this amazing movie, which, by the way, is fantastic. It's really good. I watched it again because it just went on Disney+. Plus. Recommend it to everybody. One of my favorite Marvel MCU movies. Well, Marvel, Marvel movies. Yeah. They're going to get hyped about that movie and then go home and then check out that book. Pretty cool. That's the idea. All right, comic fam. Come join us over on ComicTown101.com. Join the community, support what we do, and let's get back to the show because what we're doing right now is talking about, which one do we say we're going to do next? We've got two segments left. Which one do you want to do next? Not this one. You, you don't want to do that one. You want to do the- Save this for last. You want to save it for last? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, you really want to save that one for last? Unless you want to do it now. I kind of want to do it now. Let's do it then. Let's do- uh, It's your show. It's our show, Ryan. Damn it. I'm just here for Ryan, you. Fire guy Ryan in the house. What's doing? What are we for, doing? You know, my bi-weekly show and then back in the cave. Speaking of caves. <laughs> <laughs> Comic fan, we got some books that we read, but we also have, um, yeah, I kind of want to do that because we just got done talking about stuff they can do here. So like, let's, let's do, uh, let's work do the reviews. Play. This is fun stuff. So you do want to do the work first. No, this is fun stuff. So you want to do fun stuff first? Fun stuff I think, always. Okay. Fun stuff always. Comic fan, we're doing reviews. Let's do this. Let's jump into it. Comic fan, this is where we talk about comic books that we be reading that you got to get up on because they're so damn good. Comic books aren't just for speculating on. They're not just for buying and keeping in a freaking long box for five years and then selling in a collection because you need quick cash to buy more comics. No. You got to crack these things open because... There's stuff on the inside. The things on the inside, man. It's so freaking good. It's the best part. Noctera. Let's talk about some Scott Snyder goodness. I got this uh, Boss Logic cover when this came out. Dude, Boss freaking did a cover for it. That was a fun variant Let me see that. Let me see that. Comic fam, look at this variant. This is dope. I'm going to bring this screen up. Wasn't planning on doing it, but look at this. We got double screens. Look at this. Double screen. Boss Logic, one of the best creators 
of our generation, hands down. Noctera, tell me about this comic because the first thing that we got to preface it with is that this was at issue four and it got optioned. Correct. But not just option like, oh, Proctor Valley Road optioned. Right. No, this got like director, writer attached, Netflix is in the mix. This They're is happening. In the process. It's actually, yeah, moving along and things are things are happening with Noctera. Let's talk about Noctera. Let's talk about why we like it. And I want to also talk about the continuation of the series versus movie okay. decision here. So Noctera is about a world where the sun goes out. The sun goes out. But like, they talk about it like the sun, the sun is still there. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they still are getting heat from the sun because that would be a problem. It's just blocked out for some reason. By darkness, man. Darkness. And we find out a little bit about that darkness. Yes. And this book takes place 13 years after the sun goes out. The Great PM is what they call it. Right. I don't, I don't remember what it stands for. I mean, PM, you know, like... Nighttime. Whatever. Nighttime. Sure. The it's, Great... It's the a nice great, little... You shut that off switch. It's clever. Right. But basically, the sun goes out, and if anything is left outside with no light for more than, like, a couple hours... It starts to transform into like this evil, dark monster version. That's right. Yeah, people start, and this isn't just individuals, like humans, animals, plants, creatures, fish, everything. Yeah. Though it's a post apocalyptic world now where you have to have artificial light on you all the time or you're going to start getting sick. This is a cross between, bear with me, but it's brilliant. It's a cross between Walking you're Dead to a degree. Calling yourself and your own ideas brilliant? I'm supposed to call your ideas brilliant. No, no. Noctera's brilliant. Okay. I'm just going to spit some. This thing I'm about to say is brilliant, so pay attention. Buckle up. Listen (laughs) close. I'm talking right now. Exactly. No, no, no. But like Noctera's brilliant because it's, I'm getting vibes and you can, please, you can disagree with any of this, but I'm getting vibes of like Walking Dead, post-apocalyptic stuff. Okay. I'm also getting the missed Stephen King vibes. Okay. As well, because monsters are infiltrating from a, another world, another universe, from a different reality. Like we don't want to get into. I'm not going to get into. Su- yeah, exactly. Reel me back in, Ryan, because we're gonna, we're leaving meat on the bone for the comic fam here. But it also has an aspect of Mad Max in the mix of this. There's a little bit of a road trip sort of element into this story. There's a lot of action that takes place in vehicles while driving. That's kind of her job, the main character of this book. So yeah, I could I could see Mad Max being in the mix. And these are just three. Just wonderful types of genres mixed into one that I think would be terrible for a movie, but amazing in a series. We were having this conversation because I remember thinking about like, we're going to talk about Noctera on the show. I heard it was optioned and it's going to be a movie, but I was wrong. It's going to be a TV series. That's right. Or a Netflix series. I think that there could be an intent. So this character that leads, um, her name is Val. Her name is Val, correct. Val, as a, as a lead character, her main job in this world is to transport individuals to the safe places within this world, which are lit up by artificial light. This particular place that she resides in is actually a light lamp factory. Yeah, the city was famous for like manufacturing light bulbs before everything went bad. So it just so happened that they were having like a... You know, a bicentennial, like, here's a bunch of, this is the 200-year anniversary, so we're going to string up a bunch of light bulbs everywhere and light this town up. And then the sun goes out, and they have all these light bulbs strung up, so this place just so happens to kind of be preserved. It's an entire world here that Scott, that Scott Snyder has been able to build, and that's why he, that's what he does so well. He thinks, he was able to, in six issues, 
build a world that is filled with so many questions and also just really thought provoking ideas when you have such a terrible thing to take place in uh, everywhere. And, and one of the things I really wanted to point to that I enjoy is that, um, everything is in terms of nautical stuff like boat. Everything's ports, you know, everything's got to go to this port. Like this is a world where people still got to travel. Saving individuals is a priority, but how do you travel in nothing but darkness? Well, you have to have trucks that are built with a ton of light and you have to have ports that you can charge your trucks at. And those ports are now safe havens as well. So there's these spots all over this world that's ready to be explored. This is an attack on Titan type of situation where people are refined to one one area of safety. No, they've actually mapped out ways to venture out and stay safe, trying to find other humans, transport them. And the quest of Val to save her brother who is infected becomes priority where she has to venture out. But also in this journey, you're going to learn about why this terrible thing took place, why the darkness overtook the earth. And if there's a way to combat it, if there's a safe haven, is there light in this world? All questions that are going to be answered issue over issue. I want to specifically point out to you the art in this book by Tony Daniel is like really, really good. It's like, next level, man. Especially on this shot here of all the, of the, the city and the lights. And like, you can just see the crazy, like, like walking dead was a good, a good example. This gives me like, what is it? Woodbury vibes. Like just mm-hmm. this, this town that people have built in, you know, in the face of horrible chaos and they've somehow managed to kind of endure. So it comes off really well in the art here. Tony Daniels also give him, I got to give him props. The way he draws people is just how I wish more comics would treat it. I mean, the women in this comic book are drawn in such a great way. Their poses, the way they act um, when they're chilling around when they're just like bundled up on the bed, just like talking to their friends. It, it was, feels so real. Yeah, You know what I'm I, saying? I don't know if you got a picture of it, but I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a shot in if you want to hurt, just like laying on the bed drinking tea or something. And it's like, that looks real. Like It looks like a, like a photograph almost. I but feel like a lot of comics would skip over that moment to get to some more action stuff. But like a lot of, a lot of story happens in the quiet moments. I think John from John's Comics for Kids in the chat is right. Tony Daniels' art was my favorite part of this. I think the... Setup of this world, this universe that Scott has made is easily my favorite thing, but it's right next to Tony Daniels being part of this. And I had thought that this was going to be a movie, that Noctera was going to be a standalone film, maybe a series, maybe like a trilogy or some kind of sequence of movies, but it is a Netflix show. This is going to be a series. They're calling it a series. Correct. I had thought that this would make a better movie than 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 an ongoing TV show. Episode mm. by episode, because I like I like this story, but I I think it might work better as a comic in the sense that like w- once this is in action and you start explaining the plot and the world and the characters, I think it's going to move a lot faster. And we've only got six issues of this comic out right now. It's been actually on a hiatus for a little while, so I think they're going to burn through those six. That could that could be. Half of one movie. See, that's what I disagree, but but I, I hear a comic fan. I want to hear your thoughts in the comment section. I want to hear your thoughts in the chat. The reason why I think that this could be an excellent series is because so much of this narrative takes place prior to the great PM. There's a lot of 
flashbacks. Yes. There's also flashbacks to the moment that this started happening and the world had to start to deal with the ramifications of what the new world's going to be like. The day that the news stopped being filmed and being broadcast, the day that the power went out, all of these moments, you're getting them throughout the pages, sometimes at the end, sometimes at the beginning, but then you're brought back up to current time. I think that combined with some of the action-led comics here, like some of these issues are, it's literally packed. It's, it's all behind the wheel of the semi. Right. Mad Max style, chase scenes, firing of guns and action and monsters. Some of those types of books could be an episode in its entirety. An episode? I think a whole... Dude, I'm imagine like that. a Mad Max episode with sure, the travel. You can't do that forever. That was part of why Fury Road, why Mad Max Fury Road specifically was so good was because it took an action scene and made it a whole movie. But if you do that for a whole series... I'm thinking just an episode. Right? Like I'm picturing an action scene from this comic that takes place in five, ten minutes like any normal action scene would. Mm. Like it's just monsters attacking a truck and she gets on top of the truck and blasts them with this cool like flare gun kind of thing, which is an awesome sequence in a book. But I think to stretch that out and make it like that would feel like a filler episode. Like if we're just going to make this, you know, driving from point A to point B and showing all the awesome carnage that happens on the way. Someone like me would want a little more plot, a little little story to happen in there, too. But I don't know. I kind of think this would make a better movie, maybe series of movies, but I'll have to hold off judgment until we get like a second story arc. Comic fam, I got to hear your thoughts about this. Ryan and I disagreed. Seldomly happens, but you know, sometimes it does. And I'm going to get mad at him after the fact. That's okay. Yeah, it's going to be a problem. Ooh. But this next book, low key, went under the radar. Oh my goodness, comic fam. We're talking about Bunny Mask, Aftershock Camera. for this one. Dude, you know who did a variant? And I should have brought it up. I wonder should've if I can do it. I should have probably brought it up. I totally missed out. Let me see if I can do that real quick. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's a cool cover. It's very subtle. Okay. Um, we're talking about Bunny Mask, and we have uh, Paul Tobin, Andrea. Oh, did we, we talked about that. Yeah, we already did that. Um, Paul Tobin, Andrea Muti, and Taylor Esposito. On the colors, yeah. On the colors. So we have Bunny Mask, issue number one, Aftershock Comics. Tell me how amazing is this book? Some of the most WTF moments... I have experienced in a comic book that's as short as this in over a year and not in a bad way. Right. This there's, that's part of, I think what we have to talk about here is how easy it is to WTF somebody into giving up on your book. Like if you make it just so confusing, so weird, so out there that it's easier just to say like, I'm out. Like I'll read any of the other comics that are in existence. There's a fine line between turning someone off with mystery and question marks and making them want to find what happens and, like, solve the mystery. Right. Bunny Mask does a very good job of walking that line and making you want to kind of learn more about what the hell is actually happening. Tell me about what Bunny Mask is about. Huh. Well, this comic's hard to describe. Um, it starts with these two kind of, what do you call them, like, people who work for Child Protective Services. They're going on a call, right? Dude, this has one of the best intros right. to a thriller in a comic book and the first damn page in, that I've seen in quite a while. Let's just, let's, let's walk them through this, this one page this of first, chaos. This is how the book starts. Can you zoom in a little more, pan around on this one? Yeah, page? yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll do it for the comic fam. Okay, Here look at go. this. 14 years ago, we have a daughter for the, for the audio listeners, a, a, a daughter of this 
of, of, the, of the family. It's a father and a daughter. Father and daughter. Like this? And what is she doing, Ryan? She's smiling up at him, sitting on the kitchen table, at a chair at the kitchen table. Showing her pearly whites. Pearly whites. Just cheesing for her dad. Dad says, yeah, that's good. That's good. Now, just hold still. This is going to be uncomfortable. What is he doing, Ryan? I can't tell. What's he He's doing? shoving his fingers in her mouth. Yeah, okay. He says, a little weird. It's going to be uncomfortable, but it needs to be done. Uh, and he starts chiseling uh, away just, at her teeth. I just got goosebumps right now. Yes. Just looking at this. Like, uh. Page hammer, one. Hammer and chisel in her mouth, just knocking her teeth out. What is going on? That's how you start this book. That's how, dude, comic books, hot damn. Right? It's like, if, you, if you're not feeling like, holy smokes, what is going on? WTF, I got to turn the page. Something's wrong. Something's slowing your comic. It reminds me of uh, the first Black Mirror. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do you start with this? Like, why do you start with this? That's pretty hardcore. But yeah. dude, you know what? Aftershock Comics, we got to give some kudos. Consistent quality from this publisher. Correct. Con like literally every title we talk about, it's amazing. We've brought a lot of action, uh, action comics, Aftershock Comics to the mic here to talk about. And they do a lot of really good uh, short five-issue series. Sometimes they're four issues like this book. But it reminded me of AWA Studios is my favorite publisher. They also do a lot of self-contained smaller story mm -hmm. arcs, which I love. So this is a supernatural thriller mystery, okay? So I know it starts out kind of hardcore. Right. But that would be, in my opinion, probably as bad as it gets as far as grotesque. Sure. It's more supernatural and weird. There's way more, like, questions brought up throughout this comic book and WTF moments because you don't really know what's going on a lot of the time. But what we can say is that a gentleman, a father, is having... He's clearly not right in the head. Something's wrong with him. Based on that first He's page. hearing voices. Yes. All right? And he immediately starts recruiting individuals, his daughter as well, to start digging in a cave to uncover something that could only be described as a deity. Right. I don't really know how else to talk about it. I was getting, it. like, ghost vibes from this thing. We have the bunny mask. We have a character who is clearly sinister, powerful. Something's off. But slightly a little bit. Say it, say it, Ryan. She's a little sexy. She's a little sexy. It's kind of a weird thing going on here, Ryan. Something going on. She's I don't know. Very violent. She just kills a guy. That she does, but it's because she's taken out sickness. Sure. For whatever that means. So, comic fam, we we want to leave you with something to go and enjoy in this. We want to reveal it. But what I can say is that the constant questioning of the characters' realities is also mirrored in the reader. The readers, as you're going through this, you're going to be like, what actually is happening? What is being said? What can other people hear? Is the character hearing this because they're going crazy? Or is there more going on? And... It gets a little like Lovecraftian to a degree. I was reminded a lot of the works of David Lynch. Like this, this comic reminded me of like Twin Peaks specifically. Yeah. Like something, somebody gets kind of roped into a situation that is just like beyond explanation. And there's clearly some kind of supernatural stuff happening. And you're supposed to be confused. You're supposed to not know what's happening, but you're still sucked into it. But it's also very terrifying. For real. And you know, both of us, when we brought this on the screen to just kind of like prep for this show, we both had the same thing to say. Like we weren't sure what we were getting, but we had to keep 
going. We had to see what happened next. And that's the balance of these WTF moments that we're describing in comic books. Sometimes it's not done right, and you just are left with going, what the hell was that? Right. What did I just read? No, this is the opposite. This is like, I need to see what's happening next. Of course, that bar will be different for different people. Some people will read this and be like, I don't like it. I'm not into it. I'm going to close the book and move on. But Dude, but look how good. Back to shadow, thick and bright. And then she talks strange. She talks strange, strange, and she just disappears into the shadows. And like, she calls shadows bright, which is exactly not the right way to say it. I don't know. It's fun. It's a weird, it's a weird series. It's definitely not going to be for everyone. I really appreciated the art by Andrea Muti. Same artist as Maniac of New York. You know, and that was something that I was thinking the entire time reading this. I'm like, I think this is the same person. Another Aftershock series. Fantastic. Yes. My favorite. Well, not my favorite. Fantastic's my word today, comic fam. It's a very good recent horror series. Horror slasher comic, which does not happen. That's right. And Aftershock hitting it out of the park every single time. I'm, I'm sp- I've been so impressed by it this publisher. All right. Now let's move over to another publisher that I'm constantly being impressed by scout freaking comics. Shout out James Hake. My brother. We put out a lot of these in the mystery mail call recently, dude. We did an exclusive for this and that's why. Oh, butch in the house. What's (laughs) up? He just woke up. So steak is a very different comic book and one about vampires that I didn't know I needed to read. Correct. That's the best way to put it. You know, this is a story about vampires. Essentially, what first, who's it by? This is written by David A. Byrne with art by Francesca Fantini. And Joel Rodriguez doing letter, um, being the letterer and doing productions, doing production behind this as well. So this comic book is first off in black and white with occasional color to really accent it. Like the obvious choice here is to do black and white, but with red for blood. Which does happen a lot. It is a vampire comic. There's a lot of, like, splash of red color in here. But there's also different colors kind of accented throughout this book, which gives it, like, if it was just all in color, like any normal normal comic, or if it was all black and white, it would be more boring. But the, somehow the mixture of both gives it, like, it draws more attention to the, that's what it's supposed to do. It's it does. It's to look at the splashes of color here. What you'll also notice, too, is that there's random times where it's important to include color. For example... Let's let's talk about what this is about. This right. is a world where vampires live amongst us and they decide to publicly come out and claim their existence is happening and broadcast it on the internet so that everybody knows that they're living amongst us. We got to deal with them. They're people too. And we got to create laws and a civilization around working with them and you know, they're people as well. So it's, it's, a, it's a story about vampires being integrated into society in the most appropriate way. And we follow a character called Steak who lost some key members of her family, her friends at a certain part of her life that put her in a position to want to defend her, you know, her, her society by joining the union of vampire hunters because not every vampire is going to follow the rules. So the government has to actually create a, uh, a elite team to deal with vampires and stake her real name is angel, which is fun because as a Buffy fan, I get so happy when I see members of this comic book, like the characters actually make fun of stake 
and call her Buffy because her real name is Angel. Isn't Angel like the actual David Boreanaz? Like actually yeah. in this, wasn't there a shot of him in that like? Actually, you know what? I think there is. Did you screenshot that? I did. So this right here is the announcement that vampires are indeed real. That's okay? so scary. It's on Times Square. You're seeing broadcasted. People are seeing it, realizing, is this a hoax? Vampires are real. What's going on? They're among us. And an aspect of this comic that's so brilliant is that this narrative is told into, it's almost like a third party perspective, isn't it? Yeah. Like a lot of it is happening through like videos and like it's someone telling the story of what happened after the fact. It's like a documentary almost. Which tells you that like certain characters survive Yeah, to tell the story. So I like, it makes you kind of, I like it when stories do that. Absolutely. It adds a layer of uh, mystery and unknownness. So this right here is like, hey, warning. Yeah, here we go. This is what you're going to see. We're going to explain to you vampires in this world. And we have a shot of like, this is what mankind knows vampires to be. And you're right. Right here in the top right, the very handsome. David, uh, this is Angel from Buffy. Right. But we also have Dracula. And we have the classic Dracula. Like and we have Nosferatu. We have the Count from Sesame Street. Actual we got Vlad the Impaler over there. Vlad the Impaler. That right there is Edward from Twilight. We have Blade right there in this comic book. How Peter dope is Sutherland, that? of course, Lost Boys. That's right. So I haven't seen that movie, but... It's like, this is what we know them to be, but then this is actually vampires and who they are. And... Take a look it, at it, this. It directly addresses that, which is something I have an issue with in a lot of horror movies and like zombie movies, especially when like clearly zombies are happening, but nobody knows anything. No one's ever seen a zombie movie. No one. Yeah. It's like, this is why you don't mess with vampires, right? You having you seen a vampire movie. Right. And having, having the characters in this world directly be aware of the kind of Clearly vampires are fictional, you know, that mm -hmm. mindset, like it, it puts all of this in a different perspective that makes you take it a little more serious. So this right here is why I'm so intrigued by this is because, you know, like really, if you're a fan of Buffy, you're going to love this book. Like legit, this right here is probably more akin to Buffy than some comic books that are made to that, that solicit that they are like Buffy, the vampire Buffy comics. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, this is a modern day telling of a vampire hunter that's in school. That's going, that's gotten training and that's kind of parts of part of a, almost like a house of slaughter esque type of group. And there's also these political dynamics of individuals who are like, I like that. Hey, we hate vampires. We're banding together. We don't want them around. But then there's also on the other end, individuals who love vampires. They're human. We need to protect vampires. So there's different sects of, of individuals and communities who are fighting for rights, which is fun. But then just a lead character called Steak, her name's Angel, who gets made fun of and called Buffy because her name is actually Angel, um, who's a badass. And she has a mentor. And her mentor is this really, you know, elite vampire. Yeah, she, I remember her dropping in like that at the beginning. Like, she looks like a, like a pirate. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> kind of like a pirate and she's a badass. So take a look at Steak. And this is actually what I was talking about here. She's, the, the world building is happening in the first few different issues and that's what i'm having so much fun fun it's a um, different diving vampire into. story they're like explaining the it's like a class yeah it's this cool. is this is the, the the bone structure this is what's different between a vampire and a human they get into like the science aspect of it like the, bio, the biology aspect of it which is cool and as mentioned the the ter the political turmoil like we have you know it's a human nature to be divisive so that's what these idiots do and we have like half of the 
the, you know, the people protesting saying human lives matter, not vampires. We also have vampire lives matter here. And it's just, it's a unique way to handle it. And notice there is color in this and it's done with purpose. I like it. Um, I didn't think I would, but I like the splashes of color like that. The vampires themselves, they can go in daylight, but they're really sensitive to sun. So the way that they overcome the sun is by getting tans. Like they go into like tanning booths, get, they get spray, spray tans and stuff. <laughs> so randomly you'll see individuals in black and white, but then they'll have this kind of gold tint to their, to their color scheme. And that's because they got a freaking tan. It's just ways that they've made this world work. And I like world building, especially in a vampire tale. Dude, I, when was the last time you read a vampire book that you were hype about? I specifically don't like vampires, which is interesting that like this book kind of resonated with me. The last time I enjoyed a vampire book, it was also done by Scout. It was the the Vlad the Impaler. Oh, uh, yeah. We read it on a Scout Vlad box. Dracula. Yeah. And that one was nothing like this. That, that was, was like, like historic. historical. It was historical, yeah. right? So this one, I, I'm not getting flashbacks. I'm like, geez, man, like 30 days a night when I was getting deep into that world. I'm feeling like this with this book. So Scout Comics, bravo. Killing it. Killing the game. Did good. I'm going to have to put this on my pull list. Um, also, um, we have a affiliate code, code for Scout Comics. We don't get any kickbacks backs from this. This is a code just for the community. You know, if you use Code Tom 101, I think you get 10 or 20% off right now. They just have that code standing because if people watch the show and they like Scout, they want to give you a discount to try them out. Don't they have it so you can... I don't know for sure, but don't you, can't you just go there and order? Like, can't you go buy Scout One or yep. Stake One off their website just if you want to? Yeah, they do web store exclusives and stuff, stuff that like if if you are unable to get sec, you know, secure one through an LCS or something, yeah, you right. can do that. That's kind of a cool idea if you can't find an, you know, back issues. So a lot of shops don't carry Scout books. It's true. Got to change that. Stillwater, though. Comic fan, we're looking at Stillwater. This right here may be the best comic book to come out of Skybound. In quite some time. It's my favorite like Skybound title, but I haven't read that many, to be honest. Everybody needs to get this comic book. Um, it's not... I, I would say it's kind of a thriller, adventure, mystery type of right. book. It's not scary, but it's thought-provoking. Right, and it definitely comes off as a horror comic based on the skeleton cover here, and it looks scary based on the cover, but... One of my favorite things about comics is that when you first get into comics, you jump in and you read Avengers, you read Batman, you read Spider-Man, and eventually... At least for me, like the capes, the superpowers, the action, superhero action gets old. And like, I need something else, anything else. So this is a perfect example of a book that I love that uh, not a lot of people are talking about or, or even really know about, I think, because so much of the conversation is centered on Marvel and DC superhero comics. I agree. And who's this by? We've got Chip Zdarsky. Correct. Written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Ramon Perez and Mike Spicer on colors. All three of them do a wonderful job in this comic book. And there's a trade out. I read the first trade mm -hmm. and some of the volume two. And I liked so much about volume two that I thought this is a perfect time to talk about this particular comic book and to encourage individuals to stick through it because stuff gets off the chain after the first volume. And this world that's being built by Chip Sadarsky, this can go the distance, man. This could actually be a... I this can, could be a show. This could be an ongoing show. This is something that I can see akin to like a Why the Last Man type of length. Hopefully it survives. It, there's R.I.P. There's so many routes they can go with this. 
However, let's break down some of the basics. And something you're going to find with our breakdowns, Comic Fam, is that aside from us trying to leave you with something so you can enjoy the book, not have it entirely spoiled, we're going to hone in on synopsis that have been advertised. So like, if you read the back of the book, that's kind of the information Correct. we're providing you. We're going to give you a taste of it so that if you're interested, you can go and enjoy it in its entirety. And it's you won't fullest. have it all spoiled already just from watching this. Yeah, I'm just giving you like a little appetizer. Right. All right. So um, as mentioned, the creative team. But this book starts out with a dude getting fired from his job. His name is Daniel. He mm -hmm. goes by Dan, but his birth name was Tom. That's why you like this book. That's why I like it. You wouldn't like it if his actually, first name was like Jim or something. They call him Tommy in this book, and uh -huh. that's actually what I went by all throughout my youth. Interesting. I went by Tommy. That is the most interesting thing I've ever heard in my life. It's pretty fascinating. I went by Ryan. You went by, by just Ryan? Just Ryan. I didn't become Fire Guy until I hit age 12. There you go. So we have, <laughs> we have a gentleman, Dan, getting fired from his job, and this is something that I really enjoyed at the start of this book, but I think some people disliked it. I definitely have personal experience with some friends of mine giving up on this book after issue one because specifically because this main character is introduced as a he's a big jerk. He gets fired for like shoving a coworker. Yeah, he cares way too much about his job and his deadlines, and he kind of pushed somebody, and then shoved he them. Doesn't realize like like the gravity like, of that. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I'll just stay home for a couple of days. <laughs> or like he gets suspended, and he's like, no, we're gonna fire you, man. That's assault. That's like a crime. So it's not legal for you to do that, yo. Right, you're fired. So they. Sorry. So here's the thing, though. The reason why this happens is because we have to start out this character development from the bottom. He has to. He's looking for a new life at the start of this comic book, which is important because the decision he's going to have to make is whether this new opportunity for a new life is one that he wants to take because this new life could be eternal. Actually, you know what? Maybe this is better. Eternal. There we go. That's a little bit better. But for real, because love... he gets invited by letter after getting drunk with his homie. That's, that's what I love. I love I love how he gets fired and his best friend is like, dude, how often do you get fired, man? Let's go out and party. And the guy's like, I guess that makes sense. And then it cuts to him throwing up outside this bar and the bouncer's like, dude, you can't come back in. He's like, what am I going to do with my life, man? He's like, dude, <laughs> you have to figure that out tomorrow. What you got to figure out is these shots you got to go do. Shots, baby. But, the bar, you know, he can't come in. He's, you know, you throw up, you're out. Like, that's a good rule for any bouncer, I guess. Yeah. Right. And then tomorrow, of course, he wakes up hungover, depressed, like... Now I do actually have to figure out what to do with my life. I don't have a job. I need to pay rent. But he's telling his friend, like, yo, I'm getting, I got, he gets this letter that says, you want to go for a quick little vacation? Because the dude needs money. He just lost, you know, he just lost his job. And conveniently, the very next day, he gets a letter about his mysterious dead great aunt Bertha or whatever that he's never heard of. And it's like, hey, I just died. Here's a letter from her lawyer that says, like, we need you to come to Stillwater and settle up this inheritance. You got some money coming to you, so come on down to our law office. See, already, it's fishy. It happened immediately Super after his sketch. job, yeah. Got after he got fired. Also, it's the, the person who dropped off the letter said, oh, this was a timed event. Hmm. He's not from USPS. He's not from UPS. He's not even from FedEx. This is like just some random dude who apparently his job is to Stick to a Wait very per that day. Yeah. particular schedule. Hmm. Kind of like back to the future status. Interesting. When Doc was like, yo, this has to go to Marty at a very 
oh, particular wow. time and place, or Good or reference. vice versa. Well, I don't know. Marty left the letter and then he delivers it. I don't know. I can't remember. Watch Back to the Future. I guess yeah, it's important. It's nothing to do with Stillwater, but it's a good movie. There we go. But what we find out in Stillwater is that this world is got so much potential. So they drive to this town that like when they when they they can't they have trouble finding it, right? Isn't it like on GPS but like there's no People don't for go it. there. There's no signs for it. They get lost. They stop and ask the lady at the gas station and she's like, "I don't know what the hell Stillwater is. Like no one knows what it is." But they show up and it's like this creepy little small town that you like only see in Stephen King books that doesn't really like exist that much anymore. And right off the gate like they pull up into town and they see these two kids fighting on a roof. And it's like no one's no one notices, and they're just like pushing and shoving each other. And our characters see they're like, "Yo, what the hell is going on?" Like they're just eating at a diner right. in this place. They're looking for uh, they're looking for street signs. They can't find street signs. They're like, "Man, how do I find out where to go? Where's the law office?" You know, they're they're brought there for a reason, and they're just grabbing some food, trying to get questions answered. When they see this child be thrown off a damn building. What is it going makes that on? Sound when he hits the ground. Yeah, and it's bad. Like, like, look at this picture. <laughs> it's bad. That's not good. That's not a good situation. That's not. That's not a good situation. Clearly, our, our, you know, our person we're following here, Dan, is is they're they're mortified. Like, this is not something okay. Like, let's get him to a hospital. Let's figure out what's going on. Nobody cares. That's the scary part. Like, people are just continue to go about their day. Like, people walking by. So, without giving too much away, what we can say is. Within the synopsis, I'm not even going to show you another picture because anything else is going to give you too much. Kind of already so told them. All about, like, I mean, we told the them about here. what, why this is happening to a degree, like, like what's going to happen here. And this boy will get up. Correct. This boy is not dead. Right. You can't die in still water. Within the borders of this town, you cannot die. You don't even age. You can't get drunk. Right. It's everlasting life. It's a little scary to think about. And it's also a little cool to think about. And like the premise here is just kind of very open. It's like the politics of how a society has kept this away during the 21st century from the rest of the human population. Right. They address that a lot in this book. And how they're going to handle outsiders who have now learned their secret. Right. Comic fam. Still water. Get it on your check poll out, list. Check out the first trade, if nothing else. This is a very good book. This is one of my favorite books, period, right now. You will not be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. This this has potential for so much. That's that Of all this stuff that we've seen, and I'm freaking hyped about Noctera. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped about um, Bunny Mask. You know, that steak, would make a cool movie. They would. A Bunny Mask movie would be cool. but Not a series. But Stillwater as a series? Yes whole hot damn please robert kirkman get that made oh my gosh let's do it let's do it okay comic fam um we have our last our last our last portion of the show this right here is the comic books that you can't miss all right can we give can we do a giveaway can i pick one pick one man i want to give it to chaos and comics oh snap chaos and comics i enjoyed that comic he says you can't die but you can still dye your hair can you? Do they do they address that directly in the comic? You have to read it to find out. Maybe Chaos is lying to us. Big congratulations. You are getting an Ice Cream Man. Debbie Go exclusive. Thank you so much for participating in the chat. Hit the like, comic fam. Let me know, th- um, Wrenches, how are we looking? Four likes on our video. We need at least 60% participation. Let's see it. Comic fam, we prepared this for you. Do us a solid. It's the least thing you can do. 
And Hit if you the want like to give away, make sure to check the description for all the, the instructions for how to go about claiming it. Send us an email, etc. Okay, so comic fam, there is a really cool thing that's happening over at RLCS. Every single month, there is a new box o comics that you can get from milgi comics this is my lcs this is brian's place of work and if you don't have an lcs or you have given your lcs multiple tries but you know what it's just not working out and i'm talking like give them like three tries correct give them four tries you know it's a tough business support your lcs it's very important but you got to get your comics somewhere and if you're not getting them from an lcs you can make our lcs your lcs and ryan what do you do for them uh, a lot. I do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. I handle the Patreon stuff, which is what we're talking about right here. Ryan can be your comic dealer, comic fan. Ryan That's what we're talking fire. about. He's going to be the person to order your comics to make sure they go in your box to make sure that you're getting your orders. It's, it's a fantastic thing. And we have two different options for you. If you want to have access to order whatever you want, you want to buy 10 copies of whatever comic book and you want to do it before orders get cut off. You can join Milgi Comics, our We've LCS. That. We've had that option forever. Like the $10 Patreon service, it becomes your LCS. You get access to the catalog. You can pre-order books. You can set up a pull list just like you would at a physical brick-and-mortar LCS near you. Or we have something new. Well, Russ does. The Milgi Comics does. And this right here is 50 bucks a month. Can't miss comics. This is our recommendations for you. If you don't want to go through the hassle, because it is a hassle, to order your comics, this is going to be... 10 books that you're just going to get eight to 10 books on average. You know, some books are thicker, some books cost more money. So it's going to be right around that, that number of books that you just can't miss. Set it and forget it kind of thing. That's the idea. You know what? If you know somebody who's wants to get into comics, but realistically, they're not going to go through the, you know, ordering their Batman books and going through and meeting deadlines catalog and like picking stuff that you've never tried before. Like this is a good idea for somebody who has never read comics or never had the process of reading at least single issues too. Like I find that a hard, I started out reading graphic novels and it's a hard transition to go from there, head into the shop, set up a pull list, start reading issue after issue, month over month. It's a lot to keep track of. And this is a, this is an easy way at least to start doing something like that. And some of these titles are going to be ones that we know that you guys are already going to want, you know, ones that are popping right now. You know, if you're worried about Batman, well, no worries. We're going to put Batman on there. You don't have to worry about that. So let's walk you through the can't miss box for October, there are two days left to join. And December. For December. Correct. Um, this is a limited release. Russ just started this service. There's five left. Literally. Only five left if you want to be part of this. Again, this isn't my business. This isn't Ryan's business. Ryan works for Mill Geek. We help with this. We help with this. And we recommend some books to be included in here because we know There's the stuff books. that we're interested in. There's 10 books. We each pick like three, I think. Russ picks four. Like we, right. we, we, we split it up every time. But we, the three of us, curate the books that go in this box. And then we pack them up and send them out to you. You've got till the 30th of this month, which is like two days. That's right. Three days. It's very, very soon. Or the last five slots. Correct. And then next month, he'll probably open up to a little bit more. But right. it takes planning, preparation. These books have to be ordered months in advance. So Sometimes they get delayed, which is why the first box hasn't gone out yet, because that Hulk book got delayed forever and ever. There we go. Okay, here we go. We have Maniac of New York going to the Bronx. The Bronx is burning. The Bronx is burning. So this right here... Um, who is, it? I mean, obviously it's Andrea Muti, but who is the, uh, Elliot Kalin? That's right. So the bloody saga of the maniac Harry continues. So we've been covering maniac of New York over time. 
This right here is a slasher that needed to be made. And I don't know how it took so long for someone to come up with this idea, but it's simple. It's simple. This is a world where in our, in the 21st century, there are unbeatable serial killers living amongst us. One in particular, this is inspired by Jason. Jason Very clearly. In Man goes to yeah. Manhattan. This was one of my favorite books of the year. And the fact that they are doing a sequel to it is exciting. Came out of nowhere. I didn't know they were going to make a sequel to this. And because we loved the first one so much, we decided that just in case you didn't read the first Maniac of New York, we wanted to put it in here for you guys. I felt like it was, we were like obligated to do this. So check yep. this book out. Um, it's going to be in your box. Um, and yes, actually, I saw in the chat, these books are all bagged and boarded. If oh, you, yes. If you do have a Mill Geek, even if it's just the pull list or the, this box here, everything, everything we send out at Mill Geek is bagged and boarded. Yeah, Russ takes a lot of pride in doing that. All right, take a look at this here. Timeless, another book that's going into the box. And again, these are like, don't miss comics, like our recommendations. So whether you get the box or not, you should be considering all of these titles, looking at the variants. This is like what is going to, this is like what's setting up for all of next year at Marvel, isn't it? This is kind of like a, a little tease. So it's coming out uh, right before the end of the year to give you kind of like a, a, a tease of what's coming the next year in 2022 over at Marvel. It's kind of like a Kang time travel story. Yes. Which I guess every story of Kang is a time travel story to some extent or another. Well, we have a timeless one shot that's also soliciting through um, like Marvel's Twitter page, Dr. Doom's involvement. We have Kang, of course, but also Thanos wielding the Infinity ah, Gauntlet covered hammer. Um, Mjolnir. Yeah. Which was from Thor 7. Donny Cates teased that ages and ages and ages ago. Courtesy of the Black Winter. Showing Thor what he's going to see at his time of death. Supposedly, Thanos, with the hammer and all the Infinity Stones in it, is going to kill Thor or something. So I guess, I mean, I've been waiting for Donny Cates to come back to that for quite a while. And clearly, it's in Timeless that this is going to be picking up from. Because they're literally putting shots of that panel by Nick Klein. You know, where they actually took that out and put that on the cover of the second print. With of the all the zombies issue. in the background, right? Yes. There were a bunch of Marvel zombies back there. Mm -hmm. like. And then they're also talking about entropy, the, the dying out of the sun, mm. which is going to happen billions of years from now. That's but fun. with time involved and Dr. Doom involved, like who knows what's going to happen. But this is setting up the stage for all of next year. And this is seemingly going to be the biggest problems our heroes are going to be dealing with. Kind of seemed like a no-brainer for us to also include in the can't miss box. Just like what Chip Sadarsky is doing. This is the second time we're talking about Chip freaking Sadarsky. This is the man. He's one of my favorites. Chip Sadarsky is teaming up. Um, Marco Cecchetto. Daredevil creative team right here. That's right. And if, you, if you're disappointed about Daredevil being done with this creative team, no worries because they're, they're doing this. This is, a, like this is a what they've been building towards. Event. Yeah, they've been building up to this event throughout the, the Daredevil book, especially with Kingpin and what he's been doing. Especially early on in that Daredevil run, you got a lot of scenes of Kingpin kind of cracking. Like he's been the mayor of New York City for a while, but we saw in Daredevil, for example, he smashes a guy in a bathroom somewhere, just gets in a fight and just kills a dude. Just like goes he, nuts. He's not entirely. <laughs> he's got some anger problems. Right. And now it looks like those might be boiling over here in this storyline. That's right. Um, listen to this synopsis really quick. I want to just show a couple things here um, for our audio listeners. We're looking at Devil's Reign. You got Kingpin looking almost demonic in the top left of the comic book, but you also have a slate of heroes, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Elektra as Daredevil, Captain America, Iron Man, 
Luke Cage. I mean, this is going to be a full slate of heroes that Chip Zdarsky has been writing about all in this six-issue series because they're being put up against a slate of villains that I'm really excited to see are going to go up against these uh, these heroes courtesy of the management of the Kingpin. We have Crossbones, Taskmaster, Typhoid Mary, The Shocker, Whiplash, Rhino, and Craven. Listen to that lineup. All being led by the Madman Mayor, the Kingpin of Hell's Kitchen. It says right there, too, a Marvel event. It feels kind of like a no-brainer to also include this in a can't-miss box. Fisk waited for his time to strike for years. You will not believe the aces he's got up his sleeves. Well can you, put. Can you zoom in on these on this screen over here? What are you looking for? Just in general to cut out all the, like, the side it. stuff. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, we can zoom in yeah. on this. Yeah, there we go. Uh, a little bit less there. There we go. Uh, a little bit less. There we go. That's better. Something. Something okay, better. Let's, let's keep it rolling here. We got... Um, oh, yeah, Ooh. perfect. We were just talking about this. This is a perfect opportunity to talk about something we didn't bring up. So in Noctera, throughout the six-issue run, which you can get right now, they're all out, and I feel like that's the first arc. It's right? been it's been on hold, too, ever since issue six came out. It's been a few months. Like, Noctera has been MIA for a while, but it is coming back next month. So we are getting a standalone Behold the Book of Blacktop Bill right. narrative. Blacktop Bill is a character in Noctera. We didn't that even we, talk about him. That's what I'm saying. We didn't get a chance to even bring him ah. up about the story, which is okay. I think it's a great time to talk about it now because the antagonist is a, um, he is a person who is paid to hunt individuals down in this world. And that's all you need to know other than that he is a mix of the creatures and humanity. He's not yeah. like fully monster, but he has somehow crossed his DNA so that he is something in between. And he is just a completely negative space individual. Yeah. He's, he's a full, she's a shadow. Yeah. Just all, all black ink. All black ink. Used on that guy. And we've been waiting every issue to find out more about his backstory because he is the person hunting individuals down throughout the narrative. So read the comic. It's very enjoyable, but you're going to want to know more about this person. They saved it for this one shot that's coming out in December. Yep. All of these books are, uh, at least right now, going to be released in December. So you will get the box sometime early January. So it's a bit of a little yeah. staggered release here. But you want to make sure you get everything in this box out in the month of December. Noctera, Hall of Mirrors, coming to a shelf near you. Don't miss it. Just like you can't miss The Scorched, Sean Lewis, um... We have the first all-new issue of McFarlane's new superhero team book. He's taking the Spawn universe to another tier, another level, bringing in King Spawn, Gunslinger Spawn, She Spawn, Medieval Spawn, and I'm assuming, because I don't know anything else besides that this is a team book, something that McFarlane hasn't done yet with his Spawn universe, hmm. well, rather, in the Spawn lineage, like we haven't we have never seen like a team up of this proportion. You got to assume that all these powerful heroes are going to be put up against someone incredibly strong. This is probably going to be the big bad, you know, antagonist that we've been probably waiting to see in the spawn universe, just outshine all the other villains, someone that's like a, you know, dangerous to the whole planet. End of all times type of character to put these types of heroes and antiheroes all as one team to stop them. This is the kind of thing, too, that I wouldn't go out and get myself. But if I was getting 
the Can't Miss Comics box, I would read this. Since it's a number one, it's coming in the box already. Kind of made sense for us to put it in here, especially since Spawn is kind of having like a, a moment right now. There's all, there's all sorts of new Spawn stuff dropping. Yeah, oh yeah, and I would re- definitely recommend people check out Gunslinger Spawn. I think had this box come out a little earlier, we would have included that in here too. Correct. All right, next on this list, we already talked about that one. Next on this list, we got, ah. oh, here we go. Stray Dogs, Dogs Days. This right here is a creep show homage, and it's done for very good reason. It makes sense. It didn't hit me until just now when we were prepping for the show, but Creep Show is an anthology film with like, what, four, five little short stories in the movie? And that's kind of what we're getting here with this Dog Days. Every dog has his day. Correct. Six issues, six different dogs from the Stray Dogs universe, Tony Fleece goodness, Trish Forstner goodness. I think it's just two issues. Oh, I thought it was six stories in this issue. Oh, it's just, oh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, it's two issues. Dog Days is a two-issue little resurgence of Stray Dogs. Six stories. I I don't know how many stories, but maybe it's three in each. It says six in there. I assume that means six in one issue and then however many in issue two. Oh, that's interesting. Those would be really short. All right, well, I'm excited to find out what it is. Regardless, right. I'm all in. It's it's more Stray Dogs. It's That's more all Stray you need Dogs. To know. This is one of the craziest, most surprising indie books of the entire year. The Lady and the Tramp meets Silence of the Lambs, horror thriller that took the industry by storm back in the standalone spinoff. Here we go. It's back. No brainer. With this standalone spinoff. If you didn't read Stray Dogs earlier this year, this is a pretty good chance to kind of give it a shot. It should be available to find pretty much anywhere. I know at Mill Geek, we specifically... Uh, over-ordered the trade paperback of Stray Dogs. Dude, every shop that under-orders Stray Dogs, they're just being fools. You gotta just go all in. This is such a great story. Everyone loved it. The exclusives, there are so many good ones coming out. And that's because this creative team, particularly Tony and Trish, they have a really high bar and have a, I don't know, man, they, they have a plan for what they want these the, 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 the covers to look like when they're all together, when their portfolio is made, they want certain horror movies over others. They want to have, they want to be in control of the cover art that gets done. They're being very picky about what gets done and when, and it's show it's creating just a gallery of such talent in such per, like just exciting variants in a market when these are just dogs. They're just you know? dogs. They're just but they're, dogs, but they're, it's brilliant every time. They're all horror movie homage variants. And it's cool to even see Tony Fleece stepping out and doing like uh, Vampirella variants now with dogs on the cover. Yeah, teaming up with Tony Fleece. Right? The same thing. Exactly. So they're, they're branching out. Stray Dogs is so popular that it is now spreading out of its own title into other things, which is... Different publishers even, terrific. to a degree. Okay, next one here. This is all we you got get. Sir Edward Gray, Acheron, Acheron, right. Hellboy is gone, and the BPRD managed to fight off the monsters on Earth long enough for humanity to just barely escape underground. But Edward Gray must return to Hell to confront a familiar foe and finish what needs to be done to truly save the world. Comic fan, the King of Negative Space is back, baby. Mikey Mignola, essentially MIA from the Mignola verse since 2019. I did not know that created a one-shot 2019 continuation since the end of BPRD, written and drawn completely by Mike Mignola, teaming up with Dave Stewart, colorist, perfect team here, taking a character that we largely got nervous from during the Witchfinder days. This is just a really damn cool character who actually died at the end of BPRD, but his narrative isn't done. 
He's got to go to hell to deal with something. This is a paranormal investigator in the world of Hellboy. And we're getting a one shot in the Mignola verse. And what's great about this, aside from Mignola being back to do something dope, to create something in this world that other Mignola fans like myself and negative space enthusiasts, Bernie Wrights and fans rejoice about. This is just a fun character. And every time Mignola does one-offs, like, like a one-shot, or really narratives within the Mignolaverse, it works as a standalone. So this is a great opportunity to just like grab something and be comfortable knowing you don't need to read a bunch of other stuff. This is a one-shot. You're going to get hit with a story that is somewhat contained. This dude's going to hell. He's got a great design. Some demons. He's going to fight some demons. He's paranormal investigating, and he's got to like tie some loose ends up. That's think, what you need to know. I think that's the reason. Clearly, you put this book in the box. I'm going to go out on the limb and say this was your suggestion for the camera. If you get Mignola stuff in your box, you can, you know, I'm sure it's my fault. Pretty sure that Tom made it. Yep. Um, I don't think this would have made its way in the box if it wasn't like a standalone, easy to approach. If this was like Hellboy issue number 74 or something standing by itself, like that wouldn't have made it in there just Mignola, just because Mignola, Hellboy. But the fact that this is a standalone story kind of secured its place in the box. There we go. Uh, a one shop continuing from BPRD. No Hellboy. Edward Gray must return to hell. Exciting stuff. I've been hyped about this book. Just like I've been hyped about Venom, and then I'm kind of like meh about it right now, but I'm still holding out because of Al Ewing, and this is an important book for all of us to read. There's a moment happening in Marvel Comics that you can't deny is so like behind the scenes important that you gotta participate. Venom, a legendary run, one of the best at a, one of the best stories at Marvel Comics ever, probably best Venom tale ever told by Donny Cates. And then at the same time as that happening, Al Ewing doing one of the best Hulk stories ever made, Immortal Hulk, both ending around the same time, right. and then swapping titles. Yeah, they switched. Each writer kind of like swapped titles. So Donny Cates is now writing Hulk, and Al Ewing and Ram V are also writing Venom. Tom's not as big of a fan of this Venom book as I am, which is a little surprising because I almost didn't even read this book, and then I remembered... I work in comics, and it's Venom, and I should probably kind of know <laughs> what's happening here. I picked it up at the last minute. I kind of enjoyed it. There's only been one issue of Venom released so far, so this is soliciting for issue number three. We don't know how number two is going to go, but based on issue number one, I, I quite enjoyed it. It's the long my, term for me. The yeah. long term. I got it. It's Al Ewing. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it my time. I'm gonna check out every issue. It's a continuation from Donny Cates' run. I wish it was a little different than that. However, removed. I think so. But Donnie Cates is on Hulk now, and he's kind of doing something similar for Hulk. And it's long like a, game. Lo, it's a, they're both long game comics, which is why yep. you got to stick with it and why you got to read both of these titles. It's bigger than just the books right now. And these last two books that we are talking about in the Can't Miss Comics box have been in every box, starting from issue number one. That's right. House of Slaughter and Venom. So this will be the third Can't Miss Comics box that is being released. Each one of them has had Venom and House of Slaughter in it from the get-go. That's right. So these books for this particular box, when are they going to be going out? This is the December box, so it should be released sometime early January. And that's why we're looking at particular dates and why they mean a little different. Because this has been an ongoing thing, and it takes a couple months to catch up. You have to put your orders in first, wait a couple months, comic books come out, 
they assemble your box and get it out. So this right here, if you order, you're going to be getting these. I mean, this isn't even in stores until December 22nd, and that's assuming there's no delays, which they have to also deal with. There have been plenty of delays lately. So, you know, there, each one of these, there's a little flexibility. Maybe right. something else will go in there, but this is the plan initially for right now. We have House of Slaughter issue number three going in. And again, you know, it's a spinoff from Something that's Killing the Children. It's one of the hottest independent, most interest behind this particular book than like any other comic book in the year. And we're finding out a backstory here behind the house of slaughter. We're finding out more about what this, these characters did to get into the positions they're in, what these ranks mean, what these masks mean, how they had to position themselves and grow in rank. And I'm in, I'm a big fan of this world that's building, but it's definitely that it's world building and less about progression of any story. It kind of makes me feel like if there was a spinoff of Harry Potter, you called it like Hogwarts, like kind of yeah. showing you. I can see that more of like the setting and the environment that the main character you remember from the main storyline is kind of raised in and brought up in. So it does it does fill in the world and the characters and the setting a little more. But we've just had two issues of House of Slaughter so far, and it's another one that seems to be in for the long haul. And like it'll make more sense the further along we go. Keep you up to date on comics. Get any of the books that you know are just kind of a no brainer. Like, you know, I got to make sure to put that on my pull list. It's for those moments. I personally like having both. I like knowing that the hottest thing that I need to make sure gets on my order form, it's going to be there. And then I use my personal order form that I manage as like my secondary thing. I get my cover B's through there, my variants, my, yeah. my random books I want to try out. I don't want to be the person going, oh, I totally forgot to add House of Slaughter to my damn book. We specifically crafted this box. We picked each one of the 10 books that go in here to cover all of the bases, like the low-key indie books that I'm a big fan of, like the you know Maniac of New York kind of stuff. We wanted to get the, the books that you should be reading, like uh, Batman. I don't think we had talked about Batman on here, but we do have Batman 118. Oh, that was another one that we didn't get. Yeah, right. but that's another one that's on there. What's a new creative team. New creative team is starting on Batman in December. So we figured we should put the first issue of that new run in there to cover the basis for Batman. We've got popular books like Venom and House of Slaughter that everyone should be reading. Stuff and then some from like random stuff. Yeah. So we wanted to make sure and cover all the bases like your Marvel events. There's Timeless and Devil's Reign in here. There's a little bit of everything and it might not be all your cup of tea. Like me personally, not the biggest Spawn fan. But that's going in there, too, because it's fun and it's like part of comic history. You got to read it, dude. Exactly. You got to just put the time in. So we specifically craft each one of these boxes every month to try and cover all the bases. Comic fam, what do you think? What's on your LCS poll list? Let me know in the comment section below. Stick with us because Bags and Boars podcast has returned. We have Emerald City Comic Con this next week. Look for us on the con floor. I'm going to be there Thursday through Sunday. Ryan's going to be popping up there one of the days, couple of the days. Russ the Comic Sensei, Golden Age Guru. Sammy and Tony are going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come look for us on the floor. Uh, we're going to be hunting for comics, bringing some dope stuff, possibly exclusives. Emerald City Comic Con exclusives. What? It's going to be a fun time. So come see us over at Emerald City. Stick, stay tuned by hitting the subscribe button. The like button, look out for the podcast. All this is available audio only on SoundCloud, Spotify, Citra, and iTunes. And Ryan, where can they find you? Me? Oh, I'm on Instagram at FireGuyRyan. That's right. So write it down here. That's right. Go follow FireGuyRyan on Instagram. He's going, dude, you're going live, showing off like mail call prep, bagging and boarding and stuff like that. Right. And every Wednesday I go live and show off uh, all the books I got from my own personal pull list over at Milky Comics. It's pretty, pretty big. I get, I get a lot of books every week. That's right. Too much. 
It's just never too much, Ryan. <laughs> you can never have too many comics. Comic fam, we appreciate lot. your time today. Thanks for being here. That was podcast number 49. 49. That's a lot. We've done a lot of these. We have. We appreciate you, as always. Geek responsibly. Enough said. That's it. We finished no the show. Singing. No more singing. We finished the show, Ryan. I'll quit if you sing again. You're going to quit? Yeah. Because it's trash. Disgusting. Exactly. Yeah. Disgusting, Ryan. Go get your corn dog. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs>